The following contains spoilers for recent Marvel productions. We do not claim to have knowledge of future spoilers, but will gladly take full credit if such come true. We will not address any leaks, but if our speculations align, it's purely coincidence. Welcome to Why Is with Ty and Dan, a Marvel podcast where we try to figure out just who and what is going on in this cinematic multiverse. I'm Danny Vincent, and with me always is Tyler Borland. That's right, my name is Tyler Borland, and this week we discuss what if Iron Man 2008 was made with the MCU in full swing. (laughs) We are discussing 2016's Doctor Strange in anticipation of the upcoming sequel, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. But first, we've got someone to introduce. Wait, before we, we introduce, don't worry, we'll introduce you. So you told me we're discussing a what if episode? <laughs> Jesus. Could be. Could be. <laughs> hey, who just said Jesus? Who are you? <laughs> hey, I'm Zach Wright from Committed Critics. Thanks for having me on, guys. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks but for honestly, on. Tyler, wow. every time I talk about Doctor Strange, that's how I refer to it. I'm like, it's just Iron Man with magic. That's yeah. That's all it yep. is. Just a cocky bastard. Can I swear on this podcast? Can I swear? Is that okay? I mean, we'll bleep you. All right, ten four. So good. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. <laughs> yeah, we only allow swearing when there is a when we discuss serious matters, and okay. I don't think Doctor Strange qualifies. <laughs> <laughs> tomato, tomato. But anyway, uh, so Zach, what is your favorite Marvel movie? Oh God, if you would ask me this question back in the day. I would have 100% picked uh, Winter Soldier, Captain America Winter Soldier, just because I was a fanboy for that crap right there. Um, but for me today, if you would just, it's really just like a revolving like S tier list in my head I kind of pick from. And right now I've picked four, just handpicked um, like Spider Man Homecoming, Ragnarok, Guardians 2, and Endgame. I can just watch those on any given day and just comfort food at that point. But that's not to say I. Detroit Guardians 1, I'll watch it. Avengers 1, watch it. it. Those are the top four that came to my head, really. Yeah. 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 Well, three out of four ain't bad. Yeah. Hey, three out of four. <laughs> yeah, Endgame's only okay. <laughs> oh, all right. All right. Uh, <laughs> so we do have a question from our last guest mm-hmm. that we have okay. to posit to. Mark Young was on way back, I think in October, was it? Okay. Or was it November? Right. Uh, it was November. Know. Um, November, it was Amazing about, Spider-Man 2. Yeah. yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. It was yeah, a while ago. A, iconic film. Right <laughs> <laughs> the best moment of No Way Home. You know, everyone else cheered when, you know, like Daredevil showed up, when Toby showed up. I cheered when the electro dubstep started playing. <laughs> you know what I cheered the loudest was in that end credit scene when the person just left. And I was like, yeah, he's not in this universe. <laughs> Meanwhile, Tyler started crying. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone in our audience was like, oh, boo. I was the only one going, yeah. (laughs) It it was the end credit scene that I did not know I needed. Yeah. 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 Because the the thing about that post credit scene is just, it's like, it's so, it's such a brilliant troll because. Feige and Amy Pascal were out doing interviews. We're like, yeah, we're really excited to integrate these two. We're really <laughs> and they just did nah, that. Never mind. <laughs> Kevin Feige said, we're not letting that crap touch us. 
It's absolutely not. <laughs> anyway, so Mark's yeah. question was, mm-hmm. if you had to go back in time to 2015, who would you cast as the MCU Spider-Man? You cannot pick Tom Holland. This would be casting for Civil War. I think... So I made a joke answer here, but I think my actual serious answer was we do a Spider-Man film before they reboot The Amazing Spider-Mans, and it's Donald Glover as a Peter Parker or Miles Morales. I think that would have been really interesting. Like Coming off the height of his community days, community days yeah. would have been really good. Um, but since we didn't get that, I'm just going to pick Timothy Chalagoop, just because I think it would be funny for him to be in the MCU. And be the opposite. If I remember of right, he was in conversation for it at one really? point. Really, I didn't uh, realize like, that. Well, or at least he auditioned for it. I yeah, think. yeah. Uh, cool. And it would be a very different world because if he did Spider-Man: Homecoming instead of Call Me by Your Name, that would. I mean, he'd still oh, yeah. be famous, but he'd be an incredibly different career for him. Incredibly different you career, know? incredibly different walks of life in the film industry. Yeah. And meanwhile, we'd get Tom Holland home <laughs> to be stuff. So Tom so Holland. So still gonna meet Zendaya. Holland, <laughs> right, exactly, yeah. Holland would be in Dune then, because I yes. doubt Chalamet would have been in Dune. Yeah, but Chalamet and Zendaya would be together. That's how this alternate universe works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, what about you guys? All right. Whoa, so you're taking control of our podcast. I'm just keeping the conversation going. <laughs> no, you're good. Yeah. You're good. Uh, <laughs> What's <so>. just happened? <laughs> So, so yeah, usually we, we also answer Danny and I will also answer, um, the question from the last guest. Um, I would choose Caleb McLaughlin as Miles Morales. Um, he is the, the character, uh, the character, he is an actor from, uh, Stranger Things. And even though I just started watching it, he has, he's got comedic timing down so well and especially for someone that age starting out acting that's 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 big um Mm -hmm. so which i think you need that for spider-man um and uh even though we'd be having him as miles morales i don't think we necessarily needed another peter parker um at that moment so i say that you bring in him as miles morales and you still keep Donald Glover as um, you know his uncle, and we get this Miles Morales Donald Glover. Not necessarily a retreading of Spider Verse, but mm-hmm. we don't you don't even need Prowler well, yet. You know it wouldn't be We're a retread. Set that up. It, we can set that. It wouldn't oh, be a retread. Wouldn't. It'd be out a year before. No, that's true. <laughs> yeah. So Spider Verse. We do need Spider Verse. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I gotta say. <laughs> so first, for my answer, uh, I went with Peter because one, I just wanted to like look at that but yeah. also to me <laughs> looking at this alternate universe where that you guys are positing where we get miles morales instead of peter mm-hmm. to me that means in this alternate universe we don't get the spider-verse movies no so i would rather take the poison pill of keeping peter parker and keeping the spider-verse movies yeah i agree uh rather than just losing the spider-verse movies because that's what the people behind spider said that right. we're only interested in doing an animated spider-man movie for it's about miles morales and I don't think they'd be allowed to make a movie about Miles Morales if he was the mainline Spider-Man at that point. To mm, add on yeah. to that, I don't think we get the Miles Morales add-on to this, like the PS4 video game. Like I don't think we get that yes. game either. I think that universe looks totally different. And that iteration of Miles and Peter are vastly different from the MCU and Spider-Verse and are definitely really hot, really good takes on the characters. I, I would definitely also say I trust my... <laughs> I'll put it this way. I trust... Phil Lord, Chris Miller, and the creative team behind Spider-Verse 
more than I trust Kevin Feige <laughs> and anyone he would direct. to. Because the thing is, looking at Spider-Verse, and I've always heard looking at Spider-Verse and comparing it to the comics, Miles Morales was pretty much totally reinvented for that movie. Yeah. So I don't know if I trust the version of Miles Morales that is made by Marvel that's more based off the comics. When I've heard from people who like the comics that Spider-Verse, the movie kind of fixed him as a character. Mm, yeah, they did. So, uh I remember Kevin, ta- I was asking Kevin Lau, friend of the show, also a committed critic. He was, yeah. um, I was asking him like what spider, like what Miles Morales comic should I read? And he's like, uh, don't. And I was like, okay, cool. I'll just, I'll just keep my thought of Miles in my head. Cool. Um, I guess like the ultimate Spider-Man comics run with Miles isn't the greatest, um, but it's still there. If you ever want to read it and pick it up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would like Miles to join in live action at some point, hopefully sooner than later. But I do think ultimately it was best that we got Peter, uh, even though I don't even like the Tom Holland movies that much, just because it allowed for Spider-Verse to exist. Yeah, uh, right. But anyway, my choice would be, um, well, I have open on Wikipedia because that actually directed me to it when we talked right before this. So, so I wanted to point this out. In April of 2015, the names listed were Nat Wolf, Asa Butterfield, Tom Holland, Liam James, and Timothy Chalamet. To play uh, Peter Parker. Uh, however, the actual finalists were Asa Butterfield, Tom Holland, Judah Lewis, mm-hmm. Matthew Lint, Charlie Palmer, and Charlie Rowe. Or Ender's Game, the iconic. <laughs> <laughs> so my Martin Scorsese's Hugo. And yes, I know we're not allowed to mention Martin Scorsese. Oh my guy. God, I forgot <laughs> he was in Hugo. I forgot he was in uh, Hugo. <laughs> yeah, anyway, but there was this r- one season long uh, Fox like dramedy. Mm-hmm that I watched called Red Band Society and Charlie Rowe was on it and I thought he was so good on it and as soon as I heard he was being talked about as Peter Parker I'm like oh that'd be incredible and I was really rooting for him and he did not get cast as Peter (laughs) Parker which is a bummer because he has literally done nothing since that show that's big other than the show called Salvation that was on CBS that I've never heard of a miniseries called Vandy Fair that was on Amazon Studios and then he was in Rocket Man and he's actually pretty good in Rocket Man, but he doesn't play a memorable role. Yeah. But I thought Charlie Rowe would have been a really good Peter Parker. Um, that's who I would have cast. Yeah, i th- I want to take my I want to take my choice back and go with Nat Wolf because Naked Brothers Band from Nickelodeon I think would have been a great pull. <laughs> I think. Uh, well, now I want to talk about the Wolf Brothers, but I won't because uh, yeah, that's, that's a yeah, very nerd. That was thing, just a bad joke. Think, uh, bad joke. Didn't no, land. Uh, sorry. Well, I, Alex Wolf should have been nominated for an Oscar this year for Pig. That's all I want to say. Have it on the record. Fair enough. I know not everybody's seen Pig, but Alex Wolf should have been nominated. All right. I talked way too much about Miles Morales. Let's give us a question for our next guest so we can get to our main topic. Yeah, so my question for the next guest is, what is one element from any part of the MCU you'd want to retcon or rewrite? So, for example, mine would be like Tony's PTSD from Iron Man 3 actually kind of like made him more of a character and have him see more, even more flaws than he already had kind of fleshed him out a little bit more. I think having that added in and kind of just like adding that to his character besides an age of Ultron where it just kind of gets like, like forgotten about. Mm-hmm. I was going to say Ultron doesn't even acknowledge right. Iron Man 3, I feel like. yeah, Right, exactly. Ultron yeah. doesn't acknowledge Iron Man 3 at all. So I think having that PTSD still built into Tony as one of the main reasons why he built Ultron, which is a, it was there. They could have done it. They just didn't. Because Joss Whedon sucks, um, but yeah. but yeah, that's that'd be my pick, for example. Yeah, yeah, that's a good. Yeah, that's a good question and a good and a good pick too. Tony had a had a d- 
de- like they they wrapped his story up pretty like decently, but they could have had an even stronger um pull. I think that the MCU would have could have hit like when it's in full stride back at that time if they would have mm-hmm. pulled more on that PTSD. Yeah. Uh yeah. I think they could have done better. Um, well, Joss Whedon is bad for other reasons, but if Joss Whedon actually watched the Phase Two movies, I might have paid <laughs> yeah. off well too. A little bit, just a little bit. <laughs> uh, all right, so let's move on to talking about the movie, the popcorn. Just the kidding, popcorn. I eat pop- <laughs> popcorn when I watch the uh, Doctor Strange. But Tyler, what did you think of Doctor Strange in the first movie? That's okay. what this movie should be titled from now. Doctor, <laughs> Doctor Strange. Strange. Oh, actually, first, first one. Doctor Strange. Well, actually, wait, wait. So, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness sounds scary, but you know what sounds scarier? Doctor Strange in 2016. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you'd be correct. You'd be correct, sir. <laughs> uh, so, uh, for me, this movie's beats are so predictable, and it doesn't help that we already have a character with very similar characteristics all the way back from phase one. Um, It feels a lot like a rehashing, although the storytelling is a lot more solid this time around, but they've had however many films as predecessor to this to really figure out what what the Marvel formula is. I think that like overall the, the acting, the acting is, is good um i didn't really have any anyone stand out um for me here uh for me it's it's a movie that i watch but kind of like what uh zach had said earlier i would pick ragnarok over this any day um yeah, yeah. so well i, so, I feel like uh, you could say that about pretty much any marvel movie like I, well, you, you throw any marvel movie you're like i'll i'll watch well, ragnarok I'll, instead. i mean i'll watch ragnarok <laughs> that's my favorite marvel movie so yeah so I would watch Ragnarok even over the new the new stuff. So the sad truth with Ragnarok for me is I've seen it so many times it's starting to like the jokes just aren't hitting anymore. Like when you watch a movie too many times, like the jokes are just kind of like, oh man, I know this one. Yeah, ah, I know this one. It used to yeah. be like the yeah. I feel like I watched a ton in twenty seventeen and early twenty eighteen, and then I was like, all right, I haven't watched it since then. So I hope when we cover it this year, spoiler alert, I guess if you don't want to know what's coming up, but we will cover it before Love and Thunder. It is the one film we absolutely have to cover before it. Yes. Sorry, The Dark World, even though we will try to get to you. <laughs> but the Ragnarok's more important. Can I come uh, back for Ragnarok? I love Ragnarok. And I just want to... Oh, no. Have Ryan Davis we, come on for Ragnarok. I, no. Well, I, I think our tentative plan, even though I, me and Tyler haven't really discussed it, I was... You're fine. We might not have a guest for Ragnarok because me and Tyler is our you favorite... We can go long on it, I feel yeah. like. I don't think we need yeah. to guess. Tyler's like, I got no idea. Dear the headlights. Uh, yeah. Well, for now, it will be a surprise if we have a guess for that. Uh, oh, should I give my thoughts on this yeah. movie, Dr. Strange? Yeah. Uh, so Talk I can't about your I milk white toast. I can't believe I saw this twice in theaters. Uh, fun story about this movie. Both times. I, I, I like giving the story and how I saw these movies in theaters. Uh, first time I saw it, this was the last movie I saw before Donald Trump got elected. I remember that very distinctly. Uh, Actually, no, yeah, it was. It was because I was going to see a movie the day after the election and I just obviously didn't because I was like totally out of it. Uh, Just count the weekend before the election, right? 
like yeah. November 4th. So I saw it on Thursday previews, uh, night before, of course, cheering crowd for everything and all that, whatever. Um, and then the second time I saw it was like a month and a half later at Christmas because my parents, no, not my parents, my brothers and my mom hadn't seen it. And we skipped it at Thanksgiving. Oh, because we saw Arrival at Thanksgiving, which is oh. way better. <laughs> Fantastic film. We talked about it before. Uh, but then after that, we saw I saw it with my mom and my brothers, and we saw it in like the smallest theater in the multiplex where the sound was terrible, and we couldn't oh, understand mm. half the dialogue. Oh, and, no. Uh, I mean, I'd already seen it. Honestly, missing the dialogue here isn't missing much. <laughs> Uh, this movie's solid, but it's incredibly formulaic. Yeah. I feel like Strange is the only character here that actually comes across as a fully formed character. Everyone else is archetypes. And Strange himself is an architect, too. Um, he just feels like he's our main character, so I... And honestly, it might be like a retrospect thing. You know, like a type of thing where I was like, I've seen him in Infinity War. I've seen him in Ragnarok. I've seen him in No Way Home, even though... I, I have the opinion that No Way Home is the first time he's been in one of these movies since the first movie that he hasn't been a highlight. Because I think he's a clear highlight in Infinity War. I think his scenes in Ragnarok are really great. Uh, and even though he's not in Endgame much, he still does some cool stuff in it. I think the sad thing for Doctor Strange, like, they try to set up, like, I'll go into this later with my thoughts, is, like, his, like, romantic arc with, like, Christine. And, like, it really doesn't <laughs> add anything it just kind of like makes his character more like contradictory. Cause like you said, he's two art. He's an archetype. I see like, like two or three archetypes are trying to make him, and they can't figure out which one they want him to be. Mm. So when you see him in like yeah. uh, Ragnarok or infinity war Endgame, and even the way home, um, he's just that one side character archetype. And it just feels more like feels more structured, more just like of one yeah. thing, you know, I yeah. like him more when he's able to be, um, I guess the way I'd put it is like, so he's obviously the asshole stereotype. Yeah. He's like Tony Stark, but unlike Tony Stark, where I feel like he can handle being where everyone else around him is telling him he's a jerk. Doctor Strange, the issue is in this film, he is supposed to be actually the most moral person in this, even right, if he's a yeah. jerk about it. And I think that might be why the movie doesn't work, as well as, yeah. of course, any of the Iron Man movies do. Uh, but anyway, I'm getting ahead of myself. Uh, I think he comes off as even milk toast here compared to his later movies, is my point. However, I do think the action here is a highlight, like a total highlight of the movie. Uh, one thing I remember thinking when this movie first came out was how every action scene is different than the last. There's not two action scenes alive in this movie. All of them have a different setting and different rules to the fight that are pretty well laid out before the fight begins. So you can follow them, and they're all really cool to watch. And yeah. I think the third act is a lot like a ton to make me feel like I didn't waste my time watching the movie, rewatching the movie. Cause that third act is really fantastic. The third act here. is the most solid part of the whole movie. I will agree with that. hundred yeah. percent visually. This is just visual eye candy. It's fun to look at yeah. fun colors. You can't go wrong with the visual effects. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, so how did you enjoy it this time watching it, Zach? So I'm going to be real with you guys, right? <laughs> totally forgot to watch it. <laughs> But I'm gonna be honest. I think that's indicative of the film because we watched it like a month ago, and I can tell you probably everything that happened in that movie because that's how just kind of like bland it is. Mm-hmm. Like, like so, my girlfriend Jordan did a rewatch, a chronological rewatch of the entire MCU up to I think we're on Shang Chi right now, but that's like mm-hmm. the most recent one. Um, and having I just skimmed the Wikipedia plot, and I was like, "Yep, I'm good to go." I really don't think I need to watch this movie again. To be 100 percent honest with you guys, not like any disrespect to you guys at all. I just don't think the movie is worth like seeing again if I just watched it after a month. 
Yeah. Yeah, I get that. Like, if you watched it last month, I get it. Yeah. We hadn't booked you at that time yet. No, so. no, no. And you're, no, you're fine. Yeah, and I yeah, just think that's an yeah. indictment on the movie itself. Like, if you told me to pick an MCU film that represents the middle of the row, like the most, like, formulaic average MCU film, I'd be like, go watch Doctor Strange. And you basically have, like, the skeleton for every other Marvel movie. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. 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 Uh, all right. Let's begin to dig in. Um, if I can start off a topic, I think it'd be interesting. I can. Yeah, go ahead. Um, so... Tyler, I believe you mentioned how no one really stands out, right? Mm-hmm. That was you who said yeah, that. Yeah, for me, yeah. Yeah. So I think this is interesting to look at from a perspective of, let's look at what Marvel productions were at this point. Mm-hmm. Now, famously, or rather infamously, Ike Perlmutter, who is the, um, I believe he's still like the chairman of Marvel at Comics. This... Oh, I I'm thought you were talking like at this time he was. No, okay, so so. Because that has in charge in, of Marvel Studios for Phase One and Phase Two. Yeah, but mm-hmm. Civil War and, is when that split happened, right? Yes, coincidentally, this is the first yeah. movie. Well, no, it's not. The reason is because he thought Robert Downey. He refused to pay for Robert Downey Jr. asking for, I believe, he got paid twenty five million for Civil War, which mm. sounds like a lot, lot, but well. He, he said, how about you try for $5 million? And obviously, that's not what Robert Downey Jr. is going to go for. And he's like, why don't you just do the movie? With, like, why don't you recast Tony Stark? That was what he said to Kevin Feige. He's like, you want to keep Tony Stark in the movie? Recast him. Which uh, Kevin Feige was like, all right, I want a Bob Iger. And we're going to restructure the studio. So I had to report to him and not to you. Uh, and so that's what happened. And then afterwards, of course, that's when Black Panther and Captain Marvel finally got greenlit. Because Perlmutter yeah. was the one who finally kept turning him down. Um, So that also meant that after civil war, his peaches budgets were able to go up more on these solo movies, which is why the cast of this movie is utterly stacked. Every actor in this movie is an actor who in another movie could be like third build. Mm -hmm. Like we got, of course, Benedict as the lead, Rachel McAdams, I'm going to look up his name because I'm going to say it a lot in this episode and I don't want to mispronounce it and I always misfrout it, but I believe it's Chiwetel Ejiofor. Chiwetel Ejiofor. Chiwetel Ejiofor, yes. I know people call him Chewy, but he said that he hates that, so I won't call him Chewy on this podcast. I don't like that. That seems wrong. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's weird. Because uh, I think of Chewbacca whenever I hear, like, see yeah. that writing, I'm like, why are, you, why are we talking about Chewbacca? But anyway, he's here. Uh, of course, Tilda Swinton. And then you got Michael Stuhlberg and Benjamin Bratt in both useless side roles yeah um, and then you're forgetting the main villain of the whole movie and of course yes mads yes mads mickelson mads oh mickelson god when he pops in in the first scene i was like oh my god mads mickelson is in this so fun f- well i'll we'll, we'll talk about mads more later but i yeah, yeah. i de- i will defend him a small bit because everyone was like talking about how he was just another marvel villain and now i would say he is but at the time he brings more personality to this role than most of the forgettable Marvel villains oh, get. Yeah. Like, like the whole Mr. Doctor joke is funny. Like, it's one of the yeah. few jokes in this movie that really work to me. He does his best. He did his best. Abs- yeah, yeah. We should maybe bring him back and give him a role like they did with Gemma Chan. Like, yeah. we, we can have Mads back. Like, no one will care. Uh, but, yeah, Mads Mikkelsen, uh, and who was, and Benedict Wong was, this was a kind of a star-making role for Benedict Wong. Yeah. Even mm-hmm. though he's been an actor who pops up in things, this was, like, the first thing he really stood out in. Mm-hmm. Uh, but my point. I would what? argue he was, no, 
Never mind. I was going to say he was good in Sunshine or yeah, Sunshine, but he's good in that one, but he doesn't stand out in it like he does in this one. So He was in The Martian me, with uh, let Matt Let me rephrase. This is what mm. made his role his career blow up like in a good sense. Like this is what like now he can star in indie movies and it be sold on his name type of thing. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah. Uh, and also, I was going to say one last person. This is, um, I believe, its name is his name is Scott Atkins, who might not be a name you guys know, but he generally is like he was like third build in the Expendables movies. He's like an action star, mm-hmm. uh, and he actually stars in a lot of. I believe he stars in a lot of Chinese movies where he plays the American bad guy. But my point is, he's actually like a well-regarded action, like a stunt guy, mm-hmm. uh, and he plays Matt Mickelson. Like he, ha- he's the one who's in the astral plane fight. Oh, okay. Um, okay. Mm-hmm. So my point is, he spent a lot of money on the cast here. The casting here, and but the thing is, is it's a shame because none of these characters are memorable. No, no, no. And I like, always go back to, I always complain about Michael Stuhlberg being in this movie. Like, it is, to me, one of the biggest sins in the entire MCU that Michael Stuhlberg, one of the best character actors of his generation, gets nothing. I want Michael Stuhlberg to play Mr. Freeze in the Batman 2 because he needs a better superhero movie role. That'd be a good role. I yeah, I agree. A lot of the roles in this film are forgettable. Like Rachel McAdams, like I forgot she yeah. was Christine and I'm like you're just wasting this character, like wasting her like act, acting chops on Christine and like she does she saves his life and that's really about it. Yeah. And like going back to what you said earlier Danny about like um how he, like Doctor Strange is the asshole character, right? He's the yeah. character, but he yeah. really can't take that heat. Like he's like, but I'm really not. Like I'm a good guy, a Hippocratic Oath. But like later in later films, he is like he is like basically a Tony Stark with magic, right? But like in this film, they try to paint him as a like he's a narcissist, but he still does the right thing because he took the Hippocratic Oath. He still wants to commit to sorcery, but like he thinks he's the top dog, the top surgeon. Like he goes back and forth on that pendulum as it swings back and forth. And they just can't pick a track to land on. They're just trying to throw darts at a spinning board, trying to hit the right one every time they make them do a character choice. Um, that's really just my two cents on it. I think they would have stuck to one or the other. It would have been a more stronger, not a stronger character, but a more like stable, like stable. Yeah. Yeah. Infinity War in particular, uh, I think it knows what happened last in Civil War, of course, because that's the last right. movie the Russos did. But I feel like some of the other connections are a little not as well put together. I think Guardians, right. I think it also picks up on the Guardians well. But I think with Doctor Strange, I do think it was a huge missed opportunity not to keep this um, kind of pacifist element to his character. Like a Spider-Man uh, don't kill rule kind of thing. I agree. Yeah, yeah like yeah, yeah. I really think one of the best moments in this movie is when he like freaks out over killing a henchman. Yeah, like, I that's agree. That's a really like good moment that we don't get in any other Marvel movie, I feel like. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's kind of like the same idea, like whenever like Spider Man starts killing random people in Infinity War, like or sorry, Endgame, Endgame with the yeah, he's like turn on kill mode and it's treated yeah. as a joke and it's so it's weird. instant kill. I'm like, wait, <laughs> yeah. what? I'm like, yeah, they're just yeah. like animals. They're wolves. They're dogs. Sure, yeah, whatever. Um, but that's just the that's my critique on the Russos, just as a as a whole, in my opinion. But that's just a, that's a different topic. Different topic. Yeah, whatever. Well, someday we'll cover those movies. The Infinity War in-game. Um, but yeah. I do want to point out, Danny, Scott Adkins was Weapon 11 in the famed X-Men Origins Wolverine. Was he really? 
He was. I'm, I'm looking back. Double Marvel role. Back in 09. So he's like Stolberg in this movie. He has two roles in Marvel movies. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. I, I really can't wait for the day we cover x Origins Wolverine. <laughs> I've said that for a while. Uh, I'm looking forward to that one. <laughs> can you guys please get Ryan Reynolds on? To, to cover that, we we have. We'll, we'll add him. <laughs> we we have. Uh, what is that? Twitter? Yeah, yeah <laughs> Twitter. I was yeah. like that that thing. Um, <laughs> yeah, we've uh, added him on Twitter. Not added him like went at him, but we we've, him. yeah, we've been like, hey, yo, we talked about free guy, free guy, free meal, free guy, free meal. Yeah, <laughs> free guy, free meal. He has a new movie coming out on Netflix. Uh, well, by the time this episode is out, last week. Yeah. Oh, the, oh, the Adam, Adam Project. Project. Yeah. Yeah. You know, because Netflix is like, oh no, Disney Plus has a movie people want to watch. We got to put out something to try to combat that. <laughs> uh, Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> <laughs> just, yeah. Just put up another Ryan Reynolds. Red Notice 3. Yeah. What happened to 2? We don't know. <laughs> we don't know, but <laughs> we don't know. we'll figure it out. <laughs> they, they better title Wait. the Red Notice sequels Blue Notice and Yellow Notice or White Notice. Like, just go through all the colors. <laughs> Red Notice 3, we need ryan reynolds back but we need a total different cast but they're like the same characters recast and ryan so reynolds diesel's the playing the rocks time. character yes but i would who be we so replace good. gal gadot with <laughs> um <laughs> who is lesser gal gadot <laughs> we need to find someone that looks like gal gadot like like Dua Lipa or someone just completely random <laughs> <laughs> no acting experience uh, at all Oh, Gal Gadot actress look look alike. Alike. I mean, oh. we can just get like a Fast and Furious actress who's not as famous. Apparently, as Gal Gadot. there is a uh, cosplayer Liz Wonder who famously <laughs> bears a striking resemblance to Gal Gadot. Is she on TikTok? Is her last name? Actually I have no Wonder? idea. Is her last name I actually Wonder? So. I don't know. <laughs> I don't. I, I, you're telling me the number one Wonder Woman lookalike in the world's last name is Wonder. I'm a little suspicious of that. <laughs> that's <laughs> sus. That's, that's a little. Something's up there. That's funny. oh well. This this one's saying Kendall Jenner and Gal Gadot lookalike. For the for intents of this uh, this uh, red. Or Red Notice uh, 3, I think Kendall Jenner would work just fine here. She'll work just yeah. fine. I yeah. think it'll work just fine. <laughs> Netflix, call him up. <laughs> anyway, back to Doctor Strange yeah. in, in 2016. <laughs> I, I want the teaser trailer to be, it'll just say in in one year. So this came out in like 2015. In one year. And then it'll it'll say 2016, and then it'll just be Doctor Strange going, ah! and then it's just out. <laughs> and then title. That'll be it. it. I love it. Maybe when he's flipping through the uh, multiverse or whatever. You know. Yeah. I think it'd be good right now to do our sidebar that I know Zach actually told me when he said yes to doing this episode that he wanted to do, which is no, no. You, you might not remember, but I remember you said this. I probably um, did. I just don't remember what I said. Is watching this. <laughs> That's this is when you just deer the headlight. <laughs> so last week, I guess yeah, I saw the Batman. Oh yeah. Uh, and in from the Batman, I got a trailer in Dolby for Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Mm-hmm. Uh, and one thing that stood out to me even more getting a trailer in Dolby than watching it at home. 
which I've done, is the immediate aesthetic change of Raimi being in charge. And watching this after getting that trailer again, I'm like, yep, I'm very excited to see what Raimi does with this because I find the stat like there's yeah. a lot of shots in this that are handheld for some reason. Uh, there are for no real reason. Uh, and moreover, the color grading in Dolby, I was like, oh yeah, that doesn't look like a normal Marvel movie to me. I'm excited like, to see a modern Raimi movie. Dark. That's what I'm excited yeah. to see. Cause the only Raimi movies I know are like the original Spider-Man ones and like evil dead. So I'm curious to see what like a modern Raimi looks like, especially with like new technology. Is this shooting on, are they shooting it on film or on digital? Do we know? Like what's Raimi's I plan assume here? Digital. digital. I think yeah. every Marvel movie has shot on digital. digital? Okay, cool. Since, Captain America 1 or Thor 1. I thought Eternals was shot on film. Am I wrong on that one? No, it's not. Because no, Chloe Zhao no. never shoots on film. Oh, never mind. So she's a digital filmmaker. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, I agree. I think when I, I saw that same trailer and I saw the Batman and like the aesthetic, like it's there. It looks good. I'm really curious. I'm really hope, not trying to get into like spoil, not spoilers, but like theories for Doctor Strange, uh, Multiverse of Madness or Mom. Like, Doctor Strange and Mom. It'd be cool to see like Scarlet Witch as like, in like a horror aspect. I think that'd be really yeah, scary yeah. and really terrifying. I think that'd be really, really yeah. cool. Yeah, I. But my, but my point here is though yeah, yeah. to get back to this is that this movie, for as visually cool the effects are, looks bland otherwise. <laughs> like it is so boring. Like these are really cool sets, yeah. but we're only gonna shoot them like where you this can close. barely see them. Like this yeah. close to them or these wide shots, which have clear green screens behind them on yeah. route side. Like it just looks. Sorry. I assume you guys watch this on Disney plus, right? Yeah, yeah. I did. Yeah. Did you guys uh, notice I, the I, IMAX enhanced shots at all? Did you guys have those turned on? I was going to say I turned it on. I didn't know if Tyler did. I, I had them on. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Like the only IMAX enhanced that I've noticed is. Eternals. But I think like. That's the only one that I've watched. Other, Basically, no, IMAX. Yeah, in IMAX. Yeah. You should watch uh, Shang-Chi. Shang-Chi's good. Uh, Endgame yeah. and Infinity War are all in IMAX. Like, it's all in the full frame because they were shot mm-hmm. on IMAX. Yeah. Um, so you see more I of it, saw, which I think is fun. Yo, yeah. So here's the thing to me is um, I actually want to talk about the IMAX. I want to talk about the IMAX hey, at hey, one hey. point, which is uh, for Endgame, I saw it in IMAX and I remember just being very like, I didn't. I didn't like watching game in IMAX, but mm-hmm. I liked watching Shang Chi uh, in IMAX. No Way Home, I could give or take, and I didn't see Eternals yeah. yet. Um, and I, I've actually talked on this podcast before how the best Marvel IMAX movie I've seen is Guardians One, uh, but it's more because that movie uses IMAX 3D in a really fun sense that the IMAX scene, like, mm-hmm. so you know, not all whole movies in IMAX, right? Mm, but the yeah. the scenes with the black bars with the 3D, they would throw like stuff out of the black bars to make oh, the 3D cool. more like cheesy and yeah, I, was, I, I thought it was fun like very fun way to I saw, use the IMAX I did see um, Guardians 1 in IMAX I forgot that Felicia mm-hmm. and I watched that one about a month ago yeah it's um, fun yeah, going through was, on Disney Plus and watching seeing all the scenes that are actually in IMAX you can definitely tell on a TV when it goes yeah. from like the black bars to IMAX and like Guardians 2 had some cool shots uh, Black Panther had some cool shots I think the action in this scene, this one looked really good. Like, yeah, basically, anytime they're in like in, in a different dimension or they're using the, like the effects, it's in IMAX and it looks really good. Um, but like, there's other movies that really don't really use it that well. I think the first Avengers doesn't use it that great. I don't use, think the first Avengers was even shot. In IMAX. I don't think it was either. I don't know why that came to my it mind. Was, I think well, was it, the one that was like well, 
it's, it, it was too. shot. The first Avengers was shot in like full wide, like aspect ratio. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. of the aspect ratio. Yeah. So if you saw it in IMAX, it would fill most of the screen. It's right. just that it was shot just regularly. Right. Um, what was I, uh, what I was actually also wanted to mention is that even though I watched it in IMAX, this is the first time I've ever watched something in IMAX on mm-hmm. Disney plus. Um, is Scott Derrickson actually tweeted about it when this came out, this option saying, I don't know why Disney's doing this because this was formatted for a big screen. And I really don't think you should be watching this at home this way. Now that said, I still did it because I've seen this movie twice with the actual aspect ratio. Right. Yeah. So I wanted to just check this out. Um, but I think it's an interesting point to be made that, uh, cause if you've seen the news recently, Disney's terrible right. for a lot of different reasons. Uh, that uh, you don't, they're just unilaterally putting it up and not really asking the filmmakers. Mm-hmm. However, that said, with Scott Derrickson's case, we also know he left Marvel under a strainful circumstance, right? Uh, yeah. Essentially getting fired from the sequel. And honestly, seeing Doctor Strange one on TV, it really doesn't make any difference to the film. It's yeah. kind of just like. And eh, you could take it or leave it. Really, it doesn't really add anything or take anything away from like the big format. Well, the car crash also looked good in IMAX. Yeah, it did. It did. When it cuts the car crash and you're in the full frame, you're like, whoa! That's what I also love that this does the thing. This is just such a nerdy thing for me to always love of IMAX movies is when they do like the the uh, slow return to aspect ratio rather than just the cut. Uh, I love that they don't I love do when that it enough. Slowly uh, goes like from the letterbox to the. To like yeah. the full frame, I'm like, oh, oh. That's the, I think that's the good stuff there. <laughs> I think Guardians. I think Guardians did that, and I and I enjoyed it there. Um, I think uh, Eternals did a lot more of like cuts, but of course, I was already like because of um, Chloe Zhao's filmmaking style yeah. i was already like drooling so i'm, I'm like yeah. i'm like wiping that up when it's switching anyways so yeah guardians 2 does it, i i believe too as well that same idea tyler i think mm. i believe when they get to ego's planet it slowly like goes outward i was i was gonna screen. say does it yeah. do that with because that I would think. be really good for those colors to pop yeah, well, I think. In that moment. Yeah. My favorite movie that's ever been done in IMAX, and I always say this, and I don't know if I've actually said this on this podcast, is the actual best use of IMAX I've seen is The Hunger Games Catching Fire. And mm. I don't know what you think of the movie, but that movie... So the issue I've always had with Nolan's use of IMAX, who is probably the predominant IMAX filmmaker of our time. <laughs> it's um, excessive for Nolan. Sorry. <laughs> well, but it, well, no, it, he is like he's the person yeah, who popularized yeah. using IMAX for no, yeah, yeah. like the Dark Knight in IMAX was a huge deal. Mm-hmm. Um, the issue I have with Nolan's use of IMAX though is he will choose it for well in the Dark Knight he does it right he chooses it for sequences and for establishing shots which mm-hmm. is the way to do it in the Dark Knight Rises which is the first time I've ever watched an old movie in IMAX. He uh, doesn't. He he's like, if I can do the shot on IMAX, I'm gonna do it in IMAX. <laughs> Which means you have all these weird dialogue scenes where, like, if someone's talking, that's not an IMAX. But then if we have a shot of Bruce Wayne's stairwell, we're gonna have that in IMAX, and then we're gonna cut back to a uh, thing. Yeah. Uh, so, and then the other, I, I'm saying this to set up when Hunger Games came. Because Hunger Games mm-hmm. came out in 2013. The other big IMAX movie before then was Mission Impossible: Ghost Protocol which also rules in IMAX 
you ever had the opportunity to see any Mission Impossible movie in IMAX, highly recommend it because mm-hmm. Fallout has the Halo jump in IMAX and the helicopter sequence in IMAX, both of which are like insane. <laughs> and then, uh, of course, Ghost Protocol has the infamous scene where he's dangling off the world's tallest building and yeah. it's shot with IMAX film. Also insane. And then I believe also Star Trek Into Darkness did it in the way no one did it, where it's not really one sequence. It's just... Chunks. uh, Yeah, chunks. But what Hunger Games Catching Fire does is the the first hour and 20 minutes are totally not IMAX. Not at all. Then... I know what you're talking about. As soon as she enters the arena, it does the aspect ratio thing as she goes up and builds... As soon as she's in the arena, it's the full IMAX frame for the rest of the movie until she gets out of the arena for the last scene. And then it's, it's, uh, I yeah. just remember like being like, ah, oh, that's a great. cool use of it. And like, yeah, yeah. Tying it back to Dr. Strange, like Dr. Strange tries to do that whenever they go into a different dimension, like when they go in the mirror dimension or with a car crash. I mean, the car crash yeah. is in a different dimension. I think the IMAX definitely could have been used here more effectively in Dr. Strange, for example, if they just kept it to the use of like the ancient one doing crazy stuff. Um, going into the mirror dimension, the final fight, et cetera, et cetera. They use it in like high intense scenes like the car crash. I think they use it when they're establishing um, Kathmandu. Is that where they, where he goes to look for Karmatage? Yeah, yeah, I believe so. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think they use it to establish that and when he's there a little bit and they cut back to the black bars, if I remember correctly. Um, I think so, they yeah. Use, they use it like one other time randomly, like in the middle of the movie. I don't think like the scene in the dojo when she like taps his forehead, like that's all letterbox. No, and they no, don't. That was an IMAX. That oh, was, was an IMAX. Okay, okay cool, cool. Yeah, because that was the part I was really like, ah, watching this IMAX. Well, I was hoping like <laughs> I was for some reason. I remember when I was rewatching with Jordan, um, when I was waiting for him to like her for to tap his forehead and for it to go into the full thing. I don't think it does. I think it's either. I think it's just in IMAX that entire time for some reason. But maybe I'm remembering it wrong. I could be completely wrong on that. Oh, it might be an IMAX the whole time. You might yeah. be right. Yeah. yeah. I don't think it specifically. I was really IMAX. waiting for it. I was like, oh, this is going to speak so cool. It's going to be in the letter box. He's going to tap his forehead. He's going to explode out his body in the astral form. And it's going to be in full IMAX. And that it would didn't, be I awesome. Yeah. I remember yeah. it not like paying off in that. My like feeling it didn't like it didn't pay off like that. So maybe I'm maybe I'm misremembering it too. Hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. I like talking about IMAX, but. We should. I, I, it's really fun because this is how, this is. Uh, I don't know if you listened to our last few episodes, Zach, but this is yeah. our Agent Carter episodes. Where like, where it's like, we could talk about Agent <laughs> Carter, <laughs> or we could talk about this tangential stuff, which is still relevant to this thing. But did you guys talk about how awful Haley or Haley Atwell actually is? Oh, no, because no. we love her. <laughs> oh, I guess she like. I guess she like bullied Emily Van Camp allegedly. I've seen like. Like rumors oh, and stuff yeah. on like TikTok and stuff. No, like, we, we don't yeah. know. We don't. We don't know, know for that. sure. I'm not. I'm not saying she did, but I'm just I don't saying know like how they yeah. would know each other. Yeah, <laughs> they I, have not shared a scene in the MCU. Yeah, I don't know why. I'll look it up. I'll see if I can find actually credible source on this. But you guys keep I mean, going. Let's be real. We we pull Emily Van Camp on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So, <laughs> so <laughs> like, nice. can we blame Haley Atwell for this? I'm just I'm looking sorry. up Haley Atwell. That's terrible. not funny. <laughs> Uh, she's gonna be the next Mission Impossible related. Um, but anyway, Haley uh, Atwell or of, Van Camp? Atwell, Atwell, gotcha. <laughs> Atwell, yeah. Uh, so uh, Doctor Strange, 
well, what do you guys want to talk about? I, I feel like I've been leading discussion a bit. Um, Tyler, I, tell us something to talk so, about. <laughs> so, so this movie starts in 2016, and we go through like we go through pretty much all of 2016. Um, the movie moves very fast through mm-hmm. through the year. And then um if I'm correct, we we start in no, we start in fall twenty sixteen and then we end up in fall twenty seventeen. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I think that's I think that's what we do. And it, it goes through this year at a very quick pace compared to uh to like winter soldier you know which takes place with just a handful of days um yeah we have this big this big time time span i i wish the movie would communicate that a little a little better because i understand like time moves i didn't realize until i like look at a marvel timeline fully yeah pulled out you know as to when these events um happen um I'll be yeah. honest with you. I still and, don't know how long it is in between when he shows up to Carmitage and yeah. it's left really vague. And he leaves. Yeah. yeah, like where it's we, placed in the actual timeline on like Disney Plus, it's just like yeah. kind of in between Ragnarok and Black Panther. Like yeah. kind of. Yeah, it's weird. Well, in, like well, well, it has to be before there, Ragnarok. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sorry. Be before, yeah, you're right. Yeah, before yeah, Ragnarok, yeah. and then uh, the fact that like. In the movie, in Black Panther, they say that the movie takes place like a week after Civil War. And mm-hmm. then on the Marvel timeline, they're like, well, actually, it happens in 2017 and Civil War happened in 2016. And I'm like, well, maybe Civil do, War took place in the not, last week of 2016. See, I've 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 seen theories that <laughs> Civil <Christmas> War. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen theories that Civil War is actually set in summer. No late spring of 2017 and it mm. it works it fits um let's not talk about uh spider-man homecoming where that opening uh scene with damage control it's like oh yeah years ago and it's like well, how does that add i just up? remember that one actually like kevin Peter was like yeah that was a mistake don't, yeah, that one don't try to totally figure that wrong. one out <laughs> that, that's don't try to figure so that one out. yeah we're gonna blame sony on that one that was not us we have uh, our I, shit on lock. I still that remember so when Pascal was like, "Oh yeah, all of these are connected." And the the look on Feige's face is like, "Uh, <sighs> look, look, we're Amateurs. just talking. We're just talking. Okay, yeah. <laughs> this relationship has escalated past that. Where it's complicated <laughs> on Facebook. Okay, <laughs> uh, yeah. So like that. My thing is like this movie is one of its themes." Um, is like time because we're dealing with the time stone, you right. know, and so it makes sense to have this film stretched out over that much time. I just think we could have incorporated a little, like storytelling could have been a little better. Uh, maybe yeah. have some like, like just themes with like ticking of a clock, or mm-hmm. you know, when Strange is alone trying to figure out how to fix his hand. You know, there's a clock in the background all the time. Yeah. I also think like, oh, sorry. You guys I was going to say that one of the things that like, like is important to him and Christine is the watch. Like she like gives yeah. him a watch and it's like, okay, cool. Like, 
Gotta say, I realized watching this and the watch being so important, I was like, oh, okay, that's why it's weirdly emphasized in these trailers for the sequel, even though no one remembers this being emphasized. Yeah, that's what I'm worried about with number two. I'm like, oh, they're going to bring her back. Not because like Rachel McAdams was bad or anything. Just like her, his character is vastly different from in 2016. So like, I don't know if she's really going to play a factor in it. Hopefully it's like some weird. I don't vision. think she's going to be. I don't think she's going to be in it much. I'd be surprised. Hopefully it's like some weird like multiverse vision. Like, oh my God, Christine. And she like fades into like some weird zombie thing. Like, uh, like something like that. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hopefully, like, yeah. I'm like, not trying I, to slander Rachel McAdams at all. I'm just saying like her character, like the character they made for Christine just doesn't make any sense for the where they're at now. It's not strange. Honestly, the best Rachel McAdams that they've had was in that one. What if episode? <laughs> I wanted to talk a little time. I think the thing that's also interesting about time is this movie is structured really bizarrely. I feel yeah. like because yeah. um, the first hour or so feels like it takes place over like eight or nine months. Yeah. And then as soon as like he tries out the thing with the apple, the rest of the movie takes place over like six hours. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, it moves very fast when uh, they find that, one of the sanctums is the New York sanctum is under attack. So mm-hmm. they leave to go there and then they get into the mirror dimension and the ancient one is killed. And then we immediately just go, they're like, Oh, the, the Hong Kong sanctum is under yeah. attack. And we just immediately, it's like, here's We're the third in act. Three. Yeah. And oh, yeah. it moves very, very fast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I want to say though, cause we, I don't have as my favorite scene. We don't have it anymore. My favorite moment of the movie is the very brief moment where it's like Strange is running on one side and uh, Mads Mikkelsen is running on the other side of like the thing. It's just like a really brief moment in the mirror dimension fight, mm-hmm. but it's, I'm always like, whatever it is, I'm like, ah, this is what this is what I wanted. <laughs> pinnacle, pinnacle, Doctor Strange. <laughs> that's 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 what it is. Chef's kiss. <laughs> oh, that's funny. You know, I would be cool. You said. It would be cool if Mads Mikkelsen would be in something else in the MCU later on. I would be cool with him coming into uh, Doctor Strange 2 and he be like an old or like a variant of Doctor Strange. I think that would be cool. That would be cool because the popular thing is always with him is people want him to be doomed. Arguing that Doom's Doctor Doom's face is just a mask, so you don't mm. even have to like see his face; it just be his voice and his body movement. Because he's he's a great physical actor. Mm. Like, yeah, you I don't need to see his face. To be I want fa- I want Fassbender as as Doom. That's I think awesome. we need a young no. Doctor Doom. Like, yeah. I, well, yeah. I, I push back on Fassbender just because what would his Doom be that's different than his Magneto? That's you my know? point. Like, I don't. I get that was my way of getting Magneto into. <laughs> We can multiverse it. <laughs> we can just we can just pull him in. If if Toby and Andrew can show up, we can just bring in fast. We can just handpick what we want. Yeah. <laughs> Real quick, tying back to uh, what if and with how in potentially in Doctor Strange two we're going to see the evil version from what if, right? Mm, how yeah. hilarious would it be if like the evil Doctor Strange is like, I lost my Christine. Like he's really heartbroken over. It. I did all this for her, and like our Doctor Strange is like, oh that sucks question mark like he's just very like apathetic to the whole thing just like oh okay that yeah she was cool i guess yeah, yeah. uh so we do need to start wrapping it up because i know yeah, yeah, yeah. zach you gotta go uh but before we do i want to talk about one more scene then we'll talk about our other two notes mm-hmm. unless of course if tyler or you have something you want to mention too mm-hmm. 
Um, there's one scene in this movie that I actually think is probably the best thing I've seen Scott Derrickson ever direct, and we haven't <laughs> talked about it. And it's actually not my best scene in this, mm-hmm. but it's the scene with him with Strange and the Ancient One talking before she dies. Yeah, I love that she scene. She just goes, "It's not about you." Yeah, uh, it's very like it's one of those scenes where you're te- it's very you could just write it off as like, oh, they're just stating the theme of the movie. Mm-hmm. But Tilda Swinton and Cumberbatch, Benedict Cumberbatch, are both really great actors. Mm-hmm. And he, Derrickson knows to keep out of the way of it. Yeah. And just keep it like on the emotion of it. Uh, and it's just really, really well done. It, 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 it hits you in a way that nothing else in the movie does. It feels like the Ancient One really cares about Strange. And Strange actually has grown to really care about her, too. Yeah. Uh, and I really, I, I just feel like we need to like, cause I know it's none of our favorite scenes. So I want to, I want to make sure we give that scene its due. No, I want to add to that real it quick. It is really great. Yeah. I want to add to that real quick, Danny. I agree. And like back to Tyler's point about like time being one of like the main concepts and like themes of the movie. You see that reflected with the lightning bolt coming down, right? Like mm-hmm. as she's standing yeah. off watching the rain and like the like lightning fall, the lightning bolt is slowing down and going slower, slower, slower as she's trying to stay in this one moment for as long as she can. Like realizing her time is up, coming to terms with it, et cetera, et cetera. And then once the scene is over, the light bolt just pops down and just is so quick. It's yeah. abrupt. It's really beautifully, honestly, I know it's probably all visuals and CGI, but it's beautifully shot, quote unquote. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, it looks really well conceptualized. Really well conceptualized. It looks really great. I love how it's in the astral plane. I love how the astral plane looks in every shot, kind of like a good force ghost, kind of. Like it looks like a good version of that. Um, yeah. yeah, I agree 100%. I love. Uh, yeah. Uh, and then I also just realized, oh, wait, Tyler, do you have something you want to say? Oh, about I, scene? I, yeah, I was going to say, I think that's why, I think that's why the, the third act, like the arrival of the third act is so jarring is because we get this really nice moment here where things really slow down and, um, you get the, not the question, but the, the, the vision of the movie right here. And you see it all playing out, and then it's it's like, all right, let's wrap it up. We gotta go, you know, we gotta go. Also, adding on to that, like, isn't like a stark contrast? Like, don't we see like her body before and after, and it's like a hard cut back, and she's just like laying there, just like limp. Like it's is is her body? She's completely gone at like when she or you're talking about once they go back, once they're out of the astral plane. Once they're out of the astral plane, uh, like her yeah. body falls and like hits the ground. And like it's right. really a, dark. Yeah, yeah. If, yeah. We a, uh, if we had a why is TikTok, we should re-edit the scene where she goes, "Your body hasn't even hit the floor yet." We could have just said, "Let the bodies hit the floor." <laughs> <laughs> it's just her body hitting the floor repeatedly. <laughs> uh, actually, I'm sorry. There's one other scene I want to talk about before we talk about the score and post credits, and that is the third act, which is. The only I remember this third act got a huge praise at the time. I still think it's really good, but and by that I more mean the Duramu thing with the time loop that's actually written by Dan Harmon. Uh, yeah. Fun fact. Uh, I don't know. We I feel like we should also just mention that because it shows Doctor Strange being able to beat this. Uh, I can't ever pronounce the word, but Eldritch Abomination. Did I get it right? Yeah. Uh, oh wow. Works for, for me. Once. I don't go Thanks, Scott Feech. Uh, thanks, Beach. Uh, and he be- beats him without having to kill him. He he uses his pacifism to defeat him. It's a lot different than any other MCU like final fight, right? It's clever. It's different. Something we haven't really seen before. Like you said, mm-hmm. it's using his intellect and pacifism to actually fight. Whereas it's not just 
two evil versions of the same character, like a good and anti-hero, like the opposite of the hero, like Black Panther, T'Challa, just yeah. beating the crap out of yeah. each other. Whereas Even in this case, Dharamu is voiced, is voiced by, by Benedict Cumberbatch. Cumberbatch. So. <laughs> yeah. so actually it is an evil version of him, which is hilarious. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, uh, I want to just mention this. And if neither of you have seen the movie, I won't. Ex- if either of you haven't seen this, I won't explain it. It reminds me of the Prestige. Uh, so I've not seen it if, yet. So uh, well, if I know you bits see and it, pieces, you'll understand it. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. Maybe I should give you that next time, Tyler. For our that's Hugh that Jackman and Christian Bale, right? Yeah, and it's Nolan's movie he did between Begins, Batman Begins, and Dark Knight. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's uh, it's Houdini. Is it? Is it about Houdini? It's just ma- it's just about magic. They're just, just magic. Not, okay. Yeah, they're not like real musicians. I, oh, everything that really stands out to me is that it's about sacrifice. You know, it's not about uh, it's strange is taking on all the pain for himself that he once feared. It's a really good closure to his character arc. Um, and it's something where again we're talking about all the stuff that's really good in the movie that I feel like it's such a shame that the rest of the movie is generic. Yeah. Because I think the the core arc of it is really well done. It's just all surround, and the action's well done, but everything else is. All right, the score. Let's talk about the score. It's okay. I it's think fun. this this is a score that we've actually got, like we've revisited since. Well, it's because Yachino right? keeps coming back. Well, okay, yeah, that's yeah. true. So, like, like that's why. <laughs> yeah, well, it's because No Way Home is you know Giacchino does it, so he's like, of course, I'm going to use my Doctor Strange theme here, mm-hmm. like. Uh, I'm gonna be honest. It's I pretty generic. By, I really yeah. can't tell anything. Like if you played me Doctor Strange's theme, I probably couldn't tell you what it is. To be hundred percent honest. Oh yeah, I'd be able to, if you told me it's a Marvel character. I'm like probably Doctor Strange, yeah, but probably. I wouldn't be able to. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. did not bring his A game to this. Uh. I used I used to always poop on him, but you know what? Uh. He has made me feel better recently. With the yes. Batman. So, <laughs> yeah. so I I'll leave it at that. Might little. be the Batman. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe just a little bit. Just may or may not be a guy that talks like this. <laughs> if you are justice, <laughs> oh yeah, you know when he wrote Ave Maria, what a, what a <laughs> and then and then that that song that Nirvana ripped off of him. Come on, he actually sang it in the Batman. He's the guy in the glasses going oh. Do you hear that yeah. song might overtake We Don't Talk About Bruno at the most streaming? I hope it does. That's I hope hilarious. it does. The Nirvana song. Because people just want to feel like Batman when they drive around. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they're they're just then, sitting at a at a train crossing and it, there's like a train going by and they're just blaring that and just rain is hitting the windshield. Like very people <laughs> are like, people are, you drive a Prius. Stop. <laughs> 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 All right, and then the post-credit scene. I don't think we need to talk about the mid-credit scene because it's a no. scene from Ragnarok. Yeah, we don't need it's. It's very clearly yeah. just a cut-in scene. From, but but that post-credits. Oh, Do that's a uh, Pingborn. Yeah, yeah. Say it, Danny. Uh, it's Mordo confronting Pingborn, saying we need less sorcerers in the world, and apparently Mordo has been working on this since 2016. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't heard from him since. <laughs> Eight year or six year, six year. It's a six Dr. year Strange plan. Somehow has not come across this in eight. Years. Well, no, no, because remember, uh, it's been a five year gap too. So it's oh, been like like eleven years, long even longer. Yeah. I hope Strange yeah. sees Mordo is like, oh shit, Mordo, how are you, dude? How you doing? It's been a minute. <laughs> like, Where have you been? <laughs> and Mordo's like, yeah. 
I mean, that's what I always say. The bill comes due, and I've been waiting so long for this bill to come due. So is Mordo. Uh, that's hilarious. Yeah, I, I mean, it's solid. It just feels like it's one of those ones where it just feels like uh, five years. Honestly, even already, it doesn't feel like this post credit scene happened. And no. I don't think Doctor Strange 2 is going to really pick up on it either. I mean, Mordo will be there. I don't think he's right. going to be the main focus. Marvel forgot about it and they're like, oh, we did this post credit scene with Mordo. We got to include him in Multiverse of Madness somehow, whether it's just a throwaway gag, a joke. Mordo's just a wait- waiter at some restaurant and he's just paying a bill to someone. Hey, it's due. Like, that's <laughs> all it might it. be. I think they got to focus on more like the Wanda, the Multiverse element. And that's sad because the actor who plays uh, Mordo, I'm not going to try and pronounce his name. I'll butcher it. I don't want to disrespect him like that. Um, but he does such a good job, and that's kind of sad for like him as an actor because he did really uh, like a decent, like a really good job as Mordo. Which is a really great segue, I feel like, into our awards. Considering one of my cho- one of our choices. So our first award is MVP. You guys mind if I go first? Sure. <laughs> yeah. I have a really good segue sure. into it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah my MVP is Chiwetel Ejiofor because let me let's be real. As everything Zach just said is true. I feel like this movie sets him up to be a really great Loki-esque figure. Who's a little a little more serious than Loki is. Who would reoccur in films and films to come because they have a really great actor here. Nope. <laughs> sigh. Yeah, sigh. Hard <laughs> sigh. Um, I, I think he does a really good job here uh, with a role that could be generic. Mm-hmm. He's also just always a great presence in any movie he's in. Well, he's also just the opposite of Strange, right? He like his so he's been like in this. He's been with the uh, sorcerers for like his entire life, basically, right? And like he's given his life, yeah. and when he sees that like his faith in the ancient one is shaken. He has a fall from grace, and like, yeah, it's good. Yeah, go ahead. And he advocates for Strange. That's the thing that I forgot. And in the beginning of this, he like he's the one who tells uh, Tilda Swinton, uh, yeah, you. You, we should let this guy in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it also like it's kind of like a compass for Strange. Like, hey, like we gotta go, we gotta do it this way. And Strange kind of yeah. challenges that, and like it shakes his faith, and honestly, kind of breaks Mordo in some way. Like at the ultimately in the end. Uh, but yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I think I think we could still get him in a Doctor Strange three. I think that he could he could possibly come into into uh, the sequel and help strange like fix things um and then in in the third one you know basically he's like look i'm doing this to help save our reality because i'm seeing this as like a necessary evil but mm-hmm. once we have it fixed like you know they'll it's still on. do yeah they'll still do. Are would, coming after you <laughs> i would also say that let's say well i think it's possible that well, let's let's be real. I I don't know anything or not. I'm not gonna like, but I've seen these movies before. You know, they'll just kill off a character in the second movie. So if Mordo is to die in Multiverse of Madness, I don't know if he will or not. Hopefully he won't because we like him. Mm-hmm. I think you could bring him into Loki, like as a TV show, mm. a multiverse variant of Loki, because I think he's a good. As I already mentioned he's kind of the counterpoint to Loki already. He's just a more serious. You could even argue that he is a variant of Loki already in right. this. Uh, I think you could bring him into that, uh, a multiverse version of him. I also think that he could show up and say, if they do Midnight Suns, I think him being an Ooh. anti-hero version of him that's more like like Doctor Strange, but 
even more serious than Doctor Strange, who's willing to sacrifice people. I think you could fit him into Midnight Suns get, that you way could get instead him. of Doctor Strange being there. Yeah, that's what I was yeah. gonna. I was yeah. gonna say. Yeah, I would almost. I would almost like that better than Strange hopping along. Because yeah, I feel like I like Strange with the Avengers. You you get like yeah. if you get my ideal Midnight Suns Ghost Rider. We get Burnthal's Punisher in there. Um, Werewolf by Night. Uh, who else? Blade, Blade, Moon Knight. Moon Knight. Like you get these guys that are Kid Harrington's cut, character. Kid I Ar- the name of yeah, uh, Black Knight. You get these like and rough Agatha. around Agatha. You get these rough around the edges people. I mean, aside from Kit Harrington, um, and then <laughs> we don't know yet. Yeah, we haven't seen him as a. Speaker. That's true. Yeah, that's true. Rough. I just feel like he's like he's like the Jonas brother of <laughs> of these guys. <laughs> he's a Nick and, Jonas. Yes. <laughs> no, he's not even the Nick Jonas. He's, he's like the kid Jonas brother. <laughs> he's not even in the band. He just hangs out he with He just them. hangs out with hey <laughs> I was their cousin. No. But, uh, but yeah. And then, like, yeah, you have Strange. I don't know. It's kind of a weird... It's a weird mix with Strange in there. But Strange feels too character. morally good for that yes. roster. Yeah. 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 With yeah. Mordo in there, Mordo's, like, they've got their, you know, their... There are ways that maybe I don't I don't agree with, but they're also not casting magic necessarily. Yeah, and the thing yeah. I also say is is if Strange is there, Ghost Rider. Strange automatic. Well, the thing with Strange being there, Strange is there. He's automatically the leader. If right. Mordo is there, you can actually have like a power struggle in the team. Even mm-hmm. though I would assume a vacuum. If we're doing this, Blade mm-hmm. is probably the one who's putting it together, considering the Eternals post credit scene. Right, but we'll see. See, um, but anyway, we thought that with the Incredible Hulk. Scene. You're Remember. right. We gotta have a one Remember, shot. Like, we, have, we need a one this. shot. They're coming <laughs> we need back. A one shot. Bring back. Have Ralph Boner be the Nichols. Oh no. my gosh. Uh, <laughs> all right, Tyler. All right. What's your MVP? Yeah, for me, um, I don't know. Visual effects. Um, the visual fair, effects were were pretty good in this one. Um, I think it's the writing for each character in this film. Like, I think that Cumberbatch. Wong, McAdams, uh, like Stuhlberg, like they've all got the acting chops. Uh, Swinton, they've all got the acting chops to go above, you know, what is there. But I think that the script, I think the script holds the, <laughs> I think the script holds them back to keep it an ensemble story. Um, I agree, and yeah. and so mm-hmm. I think the script tames the acting a little bit. So. Yeah, uh, this is my first non-acting MVP award, so I'm going to give it to uh, visual effects because they, like, the thumbs have thumbs. Like the when he's going through the multiverse, like they really went full. That out was so it. gross. Yeah, <laughs> it is gross. I'm like, that's yeah. nasty. I, I, I'm, so, I'm like, I, I, I want to put my my hands in my yeah. pockets, but yeah. You reminded me of a really bad take I remember at the time, where someone told me that. Hey, if you want to learn about experimental film, don't worry about film school. Just go see Doctor Strange and watch that scene with the hands. And I was just like, <laughs> no, this is what are you talking about? <laughs> Crazy, but also slight points. Okay, was just, I, was just <laughs> I disagree. I know, I know, I'm just There's a difference between experimental film and weird uh, visual effects. There's I know, I'm just teasing. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah, for my MVP, I was going to say Bendik Wong, who I just realized his last name is the character he plays in the movie, and my brain just shattered thinking about that. Um, for all, it's how, really convenient, too, because yeah. if you say Bendik in this movie, you'd ask which Benedict, and, and he'd who? say Wong, and he'd be like, oh, the oh, character yeah. Wong. Yeah. 
And who's on first? No, yeah. Um, for a little, for how little he is in the movie, like it's just enough for him to make him a recurring like role in other MCU MCU films. And he's just a gem. Like he plays the role mm-hmm. so well. Later in, um, he's not in Ragnarok. No, um, Infinity, Infinity War. War. Yeah. And Endgame. When he, so even that second Endgame where he's like, you wanted more? Like mm-hmm. crazy? Like solid? Even in No Way Home for like the split second he's in there. Like it, he's, he steals the scene. About his role in Shang-Chi where he does karaoke. Oh, yeah. And, and yeah. And Shang-Chi. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Definitely. I like Bendig Wong and the visual effects. I agree. Yeah. All right. All right. Favorite scene. The favorite scene. What's your favorite scene, Danny? Uh, I, I call it, well, I call it because I remember, I think I saw Scott Derrickson call this scene. It's mm-hmm. called the Magical Mystery Tour. Oh. And that is the scene where uh, it's, well, they kind of just alluded to, people said it was an experimental film. Uh, but it is really cool. It's mm-hmm. really fun to watch. Uh, you can tell it's inspired by 2001 and some other stuff too. But it's just, it's a fun time. Uh, and watching it in IMAX Enhanced this time uh, was fun too. Uh, I also always love the bit in it where it's like, He's like, he's breathing too hard. And just till this one pops up for a second. Oh, he's fine. And she just sends him back into this insanity. Uh, it's just really fun. A really nice way to show off the visual effects. Uh, it's a good time. I agree. I agree. Um, for Tyler. me, it's when Doctor Strange walks up the stairs of the New York Sanctum and the cape places itself on his back. That was so um, badass. At the very I'm sorry. end. It's, it's so epic. It's at the end or at, at the end of the fight scene? I'm because there's, I'm there's kind of like a brief moment. At the end of the I fight. think, yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's great in both, but I'm thinking of at the very end mm-hmm. um, of yeah. when he's walking up and the symptom has been restored and the sun's coming in through mm-hmm. the iconic glass and mm-hmm. uh, and just we just get this silhouette. He's walking up and then the cape goes on, like just folds itself around him, and it's it's like just this. It's like, yeah, my. It's like when the Power Rangers are done morphing, and it's like, yeah, now they're in their power suits. You know, it's it's like the cape goes on, and it's like, all right, now he means business. Like, yeah, it's a really cool. Yeah, scene. that last part is really good. I like at the end of the fight scene too. Whenever like the fight yeah. scene's over, he's like kind of like out of breath, and he just turns around, walks away, and the cape just goes around him. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What about what about you, Zach? Um, I really don't care like anything that has to do with like Christine and Stranger's romance, like I said earlier, just because I, like, just... I don't care about anything in this movie. <laughs> I don't care about anything. <laughs> it's abnormal. <laughs> uh, but like I said earlier, anything in the astral plane, like when when she's having to like do like the um AED to like keep his heart like pumping him to shock yeah. the guy and like basically like use his soul to electrocute the other dude over in the other room. Super creative. Yeah, super cool. And the fight going on around Christine, she really can't see what's going on. Like, really unique way of, like, showing that struggle in, like, a soul plane. And then we already talked about earlier, the Ancient One's death as the lightning strikes. I love that scene when just the lightning bolt's coming down. Like, visual. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Now, what about the worst scene, Danny? All right. So I'm going to say first... My actual answer, but then I want to tell a story that was the worst scene when I saw this movie. Um, it has nothing to do with the movie itself. It has to do with my experience when I saw it in theaters. Uh, so the worst scene is when Wong's like, oh, so the, it's just the dumb bit with Adele and Beyonce. This movie got a lot of uh, a lot of criticism at the time. Like, well, actually, it was so, so the first trailer for this movie was very, like, serious. There was, there was no jokes in the first trailer. It looked like... And it had like a black Marvel logo on it too. So it's, everyone's like, oh, this is like going to be a serious one. 
And then the second trailer, they had the Wi-Fi password joke, which was did not go over well with people who thought it was going to be serious. But then I feel like the Adele joke is so much worse. <laughs> the Adele mm. be like, there's like one name like Adele funny. or Beyonce. <laughs> you've ever heard of it? Uh, yeah. I don't like it. But I the, my story, my story, I want to give very quickly about this is about a uh, friend of the podcast, Julius Jefferson. I saw this with him opening night. I forget if I've told this story before on the podcast, but I do. It has to be mentioned with Doctor Strange. Uh, is that we saw the movie? You know, we waited to after the credits, and we were at those nice recliner seats, and we uh, begin to put those seats back as we're talking about like the post credits in the movie, and we just hear this loud crunching under Julius's seat, and we're like, "What was that?" So we immediately go and get like an usher. And they lift it up, and we see Julius's like galaxy that's been completely destroyed. Oh, like I have the picture still. In fact, when we put up this episode on social media, I will try to remember to put oh the picture God. of Julius's crushed phone on there. Jeez, uh, but it it was the most destroyed I've ever seen a phone in my life. Oh my God! So that was the worst scene of Doctor Strange. Uh, Oof. Was Julius's phone being destroyed? One galaxy for another. <laughs> <laughs> I just had to share that anecdote at some point on yeah, this. Yeah. I'm, it was one of the most. Like, if it was my phone, I would love to start crying if I heard that sound. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh goodness. Mm-hmm. Um, for right. me, the worst scene is the opening scene of Caecilius uh, stealing books. It's an event that we learn about repeatedly throughout the film. And uh, and it's it's kind of something that is definitely one thing that is uh, wrong. Or, yeah, something I see wrong with Marvel's formula is when they don't do it so much now, yeah. but uh, with their recent releases, but where they're just like, we're going to tell you something like... Thor the Dark World does it where they show you the big J point. Yeah, I was gonna yeah. say Jay made a big deal. Yeah, about this exactly. Yeah, I remember. <laughs> yeah, I remember talking about it with Jay. Um, uh, yeah, it like both. Yeah, Thor Thor two does it. Um, I was gonna say Thor one. I don't remember if it does, but uh, but yeah, it's it's kind of like the one movie that does it that does it good. Hmm. I think Guardians one. Yeah. It's the one movie that does. Oh, like, I think the I think I think you need I think you need that. Like you need it for the emotional yeah, you attachment do. to Star you Lord. Do. Otherwise, he's just a jerk. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> um. Uh. Yeah. So it's it's just yeah. It's just a point that I don't know. It if it's gone, if it's out of the way, if you start this movie after that scene, the movie runs fine. Um. And I actually think like not knowing who Caecilius is just kind of these name drops and like, hey, we don't talk about that. And then have because Strange is curious. We don't talk about Cassilius. No, no. Um, But because because uh, yeah, Strange is curious. Anyways, Cassil. They just have all these name drops, and then he looks into it more and more, and have him figure it out during his learning montage. Um, While I agree with you, one hundred percent. Yeah, Howard, we will not see that random sorcerer just get his absolute head cut off. At yeah, brutally. oh, it's it's yeah. the the scene itself is good. Mm-hmm. It's it's the yeah. storytelling. It's not part needed. Of it. Yeah, I, I yeah. agree. 100%, yeah, it, it, but yeah, it I looks really good. I think it's there. 
I think it's there because they want to show you what, like, they want you to start with seeing how, like, cool the sorcery can get. Right. Mm-hmm. Knowing well that we're not going to get another fight scene like that for another hour into the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And how, like... I feel like that's the reason it's there. How, like, bad I, get, I agree with you. These bad guys are, technically, because they just brutally decapitated, yeah. man. Yeah. Um, For me, it's anything before the teach me moment, like, after she sends his body, like, before she sends his body to the astral plane, basically. Mm-hmm. Like, him in the car crash, him being the, like the kind of douchebag surgeon, he's not really that much of a douchebag whenever he's like, oh, he did the surgery wrong. Like, no, he did do the surgery wrong. Like, the other guy is more of a, is more of a jerk to Dr. Strange and Dr. Strange is to that guy, yeah. at least in the yeah. way I see it. Like, it just makes that, like, where Dr. Strange, Stevens, like, like, is on that narcissism scale. Like, it's very, like, vague. Um, but yeah, anything before well, the second act almost, like, is kind of just like, yeah, take it or leave it. What's weird to me is that um, I just want to say this briefly. Uh, yeah. I actually never mentioned this, but to me, actually, the first twenty minutes probably flow the quickest of anything in this movie. To me, like I feel yeah. like it goes through it really. Like it's like, all right, we know you're here for the sorcery, so we're going to go through this quickly. Uh, and I really appreciate that level of the pacing because uh, I remember I checked the time stamp when he gets in the car accident, and it's. 10 minutes, it's pretty much 12 minutes on the dot into the movie, mm-hmm. which is 10 minutes into the dot, if you think about it, because the first two minutes are the Casillas. Opening credits. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, it's all that. Like, So it hap- the accident happens fairly quickly, and then yeah. we go through the aftermath quickly, too. Uh, so, like, I don't know. I like the pacing there. That's fair. Uh, that's fair. So, it's just not my cup of tea. That's really all it is. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah, yeah. Or, um, and, or the very end with the no more sorcerers moment, because it just kind of like... Like we said earlier, Bill comes <laughs> through six years. Oh. <laughs> like, okay, whatever. Anyway. Uh, yeah. Um, right. So, yeah, most most excited to see more of... Uh, Danny, you've got speaking four, of the, four words here. Yeah. Yeah, speaking of what Zach just said. The bill comes due this May. Mordo's back. I'm so excited to see him. 11 I, I years really later. Have a, I have a gut feeling I'm going to be disappointed by it. <laughs> yeah, but it's okay because I think, I think I'll enjoy everything else in the movie. <laughs> but I'm really excited to see what Mordo's been up to. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I'm curious now. I want to look it up. I'm curious if he's still... I don't think he's second. He, I think he's third build though, right? Is he after uh, Elizabeth Olsen? After Elizabeth Olsen, yeah. Because yeah. I think Olsen is second build, which is fine. I'm not going to complain about that. But if he's not third build, I'm gonna. I'm looking. Uh, well, according to Google, <laughs> uh, well, Google doesn't really matter. Well, yeah, yeah, I'm just, I'm just. It's just funny. The cast list has Benedict Cumberbatch, Liz Olsen. Should I say the third one or no? Is it, it, only if it's uh, Tom Cruise, which we all know is not going to happen. Even though it's no, it's Patrick everyone. Stewart. <laughs> so oh, I mean, yeah, I was that like, voice from the trailer that is uh, sounds exactly like him, even though he says he's not in the movie. Stewart. <laughs> Uh, Wiki says... Wiki says Mordo is third build. Okay, good. Good. It's the way it should be. Yep. All right. Yeah, Mordo's my answer. <laughs> gotcha. Um, I'm most excited to see what is done with the multiverse. Uh, I think there's lots of cool possibilities, and I'm not just referring to cameos, um, but alternate realities and great visual effects that we won't get in other MCU entries. Um, and also the combination of horror and rainy added on top of that has me much more excited for this movie um, yeah. than I was before. Yeah, adding yeah, it's on. Very, it, 
Oh, sorry. You go first. No, I was just going to say something real fast. I was going to say, like, adding on to, like, the great visuals we see in Doctor Strange 1, adding that with Raimi's aesthetic and, like, what he can do, like, as a filmmaker, yeah. putting those two together is going to be insane. But oh, what yeah. are you going to say, Danny? I'm sorry to be interrupted. No, I was pretty much going to say the exact same thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, that was, if, if I wasn't, if my th- whole thing wasn't the build coming due, mm-hmm. my answer would definitely be yeah. seeing what Raimi does with these, well, how Raimi's aesthetics. Mm-hmm. I don't want to say meld with this because I really think Raimi's just going to overtake it. Right. In a yeah, sense, yeah. other than like the visuals. Like, I mean, like the visual yeah. effects will still be like this, but like the filmmaking and actually being able to see these yeah. sets is going to be entirely Raimi, judging off that trailer. He's going to make uh, the effects work for him and make it for his aesthetic and for the movie, which will be fun mm, to watch. Yeah. Yeah. I'm really excited for it. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. How about you? Um, for me, I kind of echo what each of you say. Um, I'm, for me, I'm more just like pessimistically curious as to what they do with Christine and Steven's relationship because like that's so far out of everyone's mind space like to bring that up in the trailer to show the watch and be like really we're gonna go back to this like okay that's more just morbid curiosity it's why what if isn't required viewing apparently yeah with all the zombies and stuff (laughs) Um, I hope they kind of abandon the romance and maybe give Christine something better to do um, speaking of what if, I wasn't a big fan of what if personally. Not for me. Yeah, <laughs> I, personally, I hate it. I think it's one of the worst things in the MCU. Mm-hmm. Um, like near the pits of Dark World in some episodes. Um, besides mm. the Doctor Strange episode and the Star Lord episode. Um, yeah, we agree. We, yeah. We, I think we all three of us agree. Oh yeah, like the zombies episode. I can't believe they're gonna make this part of like multiverse madness. Apparently, like. That's bold. They're giving it a, sh- a spin-off show. Too. Yeah, that's yeah. bold. Okay. We won't be covering. We won't be covering the Marvel Zombie spin-off show. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. So what if terrible? Like, I'm curious to see what they do with it. I hope it's better than the show. I mean, it's Sam Raimi, so I hopefully it'll be better. And they just kind of use it for like an aesthetic and like an effect I mean, kind the of. Poster, the poster also does say another uh, part of what if will be in it. So. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so. Yeah. We, uh, we're being vague about it for some reason. We know it's on the poster, but it's okay. <laughs> I mean, you probably could say if you wanted yeah. to. Yeah, there's the a certain circular disc, and then there's also yeah, a couple other things. If you want to know more about this, we'll listen to our last two episodes on Agent Carter. <laughs> uh, yeah, but I'm really for more honestly, I'm more excited to see what they do with Scarlet Witch in Multiverse of Venice. That's really what my biggest yeah. See if they turn into a villain, make her more of like an antihero, like kind of morally ambiguous character, like an actual character in the MCU would be great to have. Um, but yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. That was that was Doctor Strange in 2016. Whoa. In 2016. <laughs> Doctor Strange in 2016. Zach. Yes. Thank you for being on our show. Thank yeah. you for having me, guys. I appreciate it. This was fun. Yeah. We'll have you guys back uh, on Committed Cricks too at some point. We have some yeah. Oh, yeah. topics coming up. Tell us about where we can oh, find you. Yeah, duh. Um, so you can find <laughs> me personally okay. on twitter at the verdant arrow don't really care about that you should look at twitter at, at committed crits that's c-o-m-m-i-t-t-e-d-c-r-i-t-s we're on youtube tiktok and patreon all at committed critics twitter is the only one that's a little bit different because we couldn't get the app for it yay um but yeah committed critics we do podcasts we do uh we're trying to do more let's plays more video game stuff um we're starting to do streamings every night. March is this month. The March is a little bit different. So hopefully by the time this episode comes out for you guys, we'll have more of a dedicated streaming schedule on Twitch. Um, and yeah, check out our let's plays. This episode every... will be out on Tuesday. Oh, never mind. <laughs> Don't watch the streams on Twitch on March because 
It's just me, and Kevin does a way better job at this Twitch streaming than I do. Um, but I've, yeah, I've uh, seen that on. you guys you guys are doing uh, Stardew Valley. That's a, Jordan's doing Stardew Valley. My game. girlfriend. I've, yeah, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, I've not watched any of them yet, but I've I've just seen like on on Twitter, you guys. Yeah, we've been doing yeah. that. She's kind of stalled out a little bit because we don't really know what else to do in Stardew. So we just picked mm. up Pokemon Legends Arceus, and I started doing Elden Ring a little bit just because Elden Ring is a really fun game. Um, but yeah, we're Twitter, YouTube, Patreon, TikTok, at Committed Critics, and then for Twitter, at Committed Crits. So, mm-hmm. And you have our permission on TikTok, if you'd like, to steal my idea about letting the body sit the floor. Oh my god, <laughs> if I can figure that out, that'll be my project for Monday. Awesome, yes. <laughs> oh. <laughs> All right. Uh, fun fact, I don't know if, Zach, not Zach, uh, I don't know if Tyler's aware of this. Last week we forgot to thank Joe. So this <laughs> Did we really? Extra thing. I, I edited it in, I, edited, I sent in a uh, separate file later, like, we forgot to thank Joe, so thanks Joe. But this time, tonight, we're remembering to thank Joe. Thanks, Joe. Thank you, Joe. Thank you, Joe. Sure, for editing this episode. So sorry, Joe. <laughs> and, You're getting Tyler's raw reaction to this. And, and and I, forgot to thank you. I remember. I remember last week thinking, "Man, I felt like we did, we were really solid on that episode. Like we had everything down." It's Man, we always did so good. I need to um, just second guess myself because then I'll realize. But yeah. And, we will see you all next week with We're Prepping for Moon Knight <laughs> with the only way we know how to. Oscar Isaac, X-Men Apocalypse. <laughs> it's a choice. Yeah. Godspeed, brothers. Godspeed. Yes. <laughs> Godspeed, Thanks Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah. Thanks again, Zach, for coming on. Yes, thank you guys thank for having you. me. I appreciate it. That's it. All right. That's a wrap. I'm going to Los Angeles. See you guys later. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this episode of Why Is with Ty and Dan. We can be found on various podcasting platforms, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Pandora, and on our website, whyiswithtydan.buzzsprout.com. You can also contact us by email at whyiswithtydan at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at whyiswithtyan1, because I'm number one. You can also follow me, Danny Vincent, on Letterboxd at blankmints for reviews of movies, including those not in the MCU. So we'll see you next week. We'll catch you in the next one.